once said, Courage is the most important of all the virtues, because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. Welcome to Building Grit, one call at a time. Every human being will be faced with a massive challenge. How you deal with problems is based on grit, determination, perseverance, and will. On this show, we talk to people who face challenges and how they dealt with them. This is Building Grit, one call at a time. And this is your host, Nick Wingo. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Building Grit, one call at a time. In this podcast, I use my experiences to explain to people that they're not alone in life, that there's hard circumstances that we all have. I'm super grateful that I have the ability to interview influential people uh, in the space right now. And I am super stoked to introduce you guys for this podcast, Joey Yak. Joey, how you doing, brother? What's going on, everybody? I'm Joey Yak. Yak stands for you already know. And by the end of this episode, if you don't know, you probably never will. (laughs) Right on, brother. Man, I love your passion. That's one of the things I was so drawn to you by is the fact that you just have a whole lot of passion and you get after things. And just the way you speak, the way that you put yourself out there, the things that you're doing are amazing, man. It just inspires me to be better. And, you know, I see that you have a story to tell too, which everybody's got a story to tell. Some of ours are just more deep and more, you know, influential. And so today I just want to really get into where you came from and, you know, obviously where you came from to where you are right now is a completely different, a different area, right? Yeah, man. So I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. And just like to kind of get into it, like what I do, I create like custom theme songs for entrepreneurs, podcast intros, engaging content. I like to call it edutaining content, helping people educate their clientele in an entertaining way. I am the person that some people make them feel cool, make them hip or some other clients where I'm storytelling through my melody and their message because music is the sound of a feeling and our messages don't create emotion, but music does. And people always think like, and I call them bangers. I don't call them jingles. When you hear jingles, you're like nationwide is on your side. But my shit is like the shit that you'll hear on the radio, right? And, you know, a lot of people hear what I do now and they're like, oh, that's cool. But they don't know how I got there, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what I want to kind of explain today is because I truly believe like the equation of, you know, where you are is like one thing plus one thing plus one thing plus one thing equals the thing, you know, trust in God's will and in everything what you're doing at the moment is just leading to the next thing that you're going to do as long as you believe that, right? So I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, born and raised around nine or 10 years old, though, is really where I always start my story at. And that's when I met this dude named Ali. And he is a part of the St. Lunatics with the group, you know, with Nelly, Nelly's group. And this is right when Nelly started blowing up with like country grammar and, you know, his his music. And he put St. Louis on the map. And we met him at a fireworks stand. And, you know, me and my dad, that was my best friend at the moment at that time of my life. And he always rapped. Like I wouldn't do cartoons on Saturdays. I would battle rap my dad in his Oldsmobile. Like we would just drive around and rap against each other. That was just our life. And he grabbed Ali. This, my dad is no filter. You know, he's like, get in my car. I got this mixtape. I want you to hear of me talking about himself. And I'm in the back seat beatboxing on my chest, you know, just rapping my dad's lyrics. He was like, look, no disrespect. You know, you don't got it, but I see, I see your son back here. I see like little Bow Wow. Remember, this is like 01, you know, 02. Yeah. And he's like, I see Disney and like he's a star. And 
you know, I always, um, after that, we, we kept in touch with them. I would go to music videos with them, meet everybody, Murphy Lee, Nelly, the whole St. Lunatics. And like, that really got me started on my music path of like, man, I'm tight. You know, I, I can do this stuff. So I would do like karaoke little mixtapes. And then my sister bought um, Pro Tools and, you know, music really became my therapy because like I said, my dad was my best friend at that time. You know, around 12, 13, my dad hit the crack pipe and he said 15 years just blinked. You know, and, and, you know, he left and he got remarried and had other kids and it really fucked me up. Like that was, music became my therapy, right? And, you know, as I was growing up and growing up and growing up and, you know, Nelly and all them blew up. So we lost touch with them. But one thing I want everyone to know is like, you never know who is watching. And when you give somebody something to watch, they will find you or they will see you. But first you got to give them something, right? So and I say that because it'll make sense here in a little bit. Because remember Ali and remember someone's always watching. So as I'm grinding and as I'm growing older, you know, I would pack like four or 500 kids at shows when I'm 13, 14, 15. You know, no alcohol, just all kids dancing around while me and my sister are rapping. You know, we wouldn't even make, we didn't even care about making money. All the promoters would make shit tons of money. We didn't know anything about the business. As I was growing up, doing that, you know, I go into college. I was a ball player. I was a soccer player. So I went, I was a little shithead though, got kicked out. I was selling weed, got kicked out of school just for being a little shithead. Not having my dad in my life was really my thing. Like it fucked me up big time. It was me, my two sisters and my mom, you know, living with my grandparents. Then we got little houses and it was just rough, man. And like the way to make money, I sold weed to my friends and I uh, just played ball and I did music, right? So I go to little community college and it was my second year and I just get back from England from playing soccer. And I was like, you know, my whole life I've been kind of fucking around, right? Like, I'm really going to take this serious. I'm about to take this soccer serious. And I'm going back over to England. And the third game, I break my leg. And then the next day, my girlfriend at the time told me she was pregnant. Oh, man. And I was like, damn. So about within like the next day, you know, 48 hours, I, I dropped out. I got a job and I said, I'm about to go full time into my music. Long story short, within a year, I get a phone call from Ali from the St. Lunatics. And he's like, yo, I've been watching you, kid. And you're still a star. I want to sign you. So he signs me to Dirty and T. We all we got through Universal Records. You know, at this time, I have a daughter. I'm living in my mom's basement. I'm selling weed out of her basement. I quit that job because I thought that I got the job as a manager. But me being young, naive, immature, stubborn, really, I just got the job as the janitor. Like that, you know, you just got the, the role, right? So with an, you know, he flew me out to LA. We went to, you know, a Universal record label. You know, they put us in suites and stuff. And it was dope. But I was like, dude, what's up? You know, like I thought, like I got a deal, what's good? And within eight months, I was like, look, let me out of my contract. I want to go back to being free. I feel like I'm just being bullshitted, right? He's like, look, you just don't get it. I'm letting you go. And he let me go. Within, you know, two, three months, I found new management. I got my hustle game hard again. Because like I said, when I got that deal, I thought like I made it. But like, dude, you, you weren't even... We weren't even touching the surface yet. I got new management and we started taking meetings everywhere, you know, and they had money to back me. We took a meeting with someone in St. Louis and he was like, look, I'm really connected with Crazy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony. Let me call him. Called him, said, yo, I got this little white kid from St. Louis. He just left his deal. He's really looking to like get mentored and get co-signed by people. I really want you to check him out. He said, if you can get to LA within two days, you know, we'll check you out. Me and my manager went out there 
And he was like, after one song, I showed him four songs and then four songs led to him looking at me. was like, you're a star, which led to 10 more hours of me and him creating a song called Scraping the Sky. My stage name at the time was Yak Boy Fresh. So Yak Boy Fresh featuring Crazy Bone, Scraping the Sky. That song led to a music video. That music video led to a nationwide tour with Crazy Bone and Bone Thugs and Harmony. We had the buses and, you know, I was independent and everybody was funding it for me, but I was broke, man. So like what, and I ended up living in Hollywood and what you would think is the American dream truly was the worst nightmare of my life because I w- it was waking up, I was on Adderall and it was going to sleep. I was, you know, drinking. I had this addictive personality. So I'm all in or I'm all out. And that's, that's me even when I'm, you know, getting fucked up or, or when I'm hustling or anything, you know, I'm either all in or I'm all out. And I was all in with the partying and all in with the hustling and, you know, but I was just so broke and I never made money in my life. So I was miserable. One of the big things was I've never built the character you know, everybody wants to go big, go big, go big, go big, but they've never built the character in small. And now I know like small is sexy and sexy or uh, small is sexy and small, simple is, is sexy. Right. And I never developed the character and a foundation to be able to sustain that type of lifestyle. And I heard this thing, man, it said, your Hazelwood, not Hollywood. Hazelwood's a small town in St. Louis. Your Hazelwood, not Hollywood, go back home. Your Hazelwood, not Hollywood, go back home. And like it lasted for like 15 to 18 months. And I'm flying first class on a guilt trip because I'm away from my, my little girl and her mom, you know, which I'm putting through the ring or I'm living the rock star life. You can only imagine tour bus with my face on it, hitting different cities every night. I mean, whatever I want, it's there, right? But when I came home, you you damn well, I was with her mom, right? Like that was my girl, but she knew I was out there. So, and that's another story, which I'll get down to, but she held my daughter down, man, while I was touring. But, you know, like I said, I got that voice, which now I know is the Holy Ghost and God. And I truly believe that. And I left, I gave it all up, man. I looked at my management. I said, I'm out, I'm gone, I'm done. I'm going back home and I'm never coming back. And I packed up and I came back home to St. Louis. I met my daughter's mom in Orlando. My buddy swiped some credit cards for me. I got into some debt with him because I was like, look, I need, I want to take her on a trip. And I wanted to look at her in her eyes and tell her I'm coming home and I'm never leaving again. So she was like, bullshit, you know, but I came home and for the first six months, man, it was, um, I still was like on alcohol, like alcohol real bad and, you know, just getting fucked up and still hoeing around. And I totaled my, I totaled her car all drunk and supposedly took a whole bunch of Molly and I woke up downtown with the the tire off and the damn car damn near on fire. Like I was just reckless, man. And two weeks after that, I truly felt the Holy Ghost speaking to me and I woke up hungover and it was like, go take your ass to church. And you know, me, music is my thing. So when I'm in church, I'm like, something just called me. I tell people I was go, go gadget ratchet. And right then and there, I overdosed on the Holy Ghost. And it was something that, that took me that I said, I want to embrace this. And June 30th, 2016 was my last day. Still till this day, my last day I ever took a sip of alcohol. And I said, I'm changing, you know, and within those six months, I was like trying little other things to make money just to pay the bills and stuff and like labor and you know landscape like it wasn't for me and then I got into sales and when I got into sales I heard you know I can make 216% commission and I was like if I sell a 500 hour digital product I get a thousand dollars for it they're like yeah I was like bet I'm in I went there I went to the interview I said look 
I have no degree, I have no experience, but I have emotional intelligence and I will be your number one sales rep. I've sold Nelly, I've sold Crazy Bone. They're like, yo, you're hired, right? You are hired, I get it. Became the number one sales rep, you know, and now, so I get this job, I finally start making money. I've made my first 100,000, you know, other than chargebacks. You know, when I got introduced to chargebacks, that shit became real, but I finally found a way to make money and I was having the same energy. I was like, wow, I've been a salesman my whole entire life. I've just been using it in other ways and never made money, never been able to recoup, right? And while I'm there for the first you know, two years, I'm sober, my faith, so I'm building this foundation. And what I learned is I needed to go to that sales job to be able to do what I do right now, which, but I needed to learn how to speak business owners' languages. Like I needed to talk to them every day and see how they thought and see their struggles and their pain, but I didn't know that then, right? So I chose to believe that and, you know, uh, I became the number one sales rep, like I said, and I was on a trip for being the number one sales rep, Boca Raton, and I looked at my wife or, well, that's another thing. My baby mom asked her to marry me. We're married now. Awesome. Like high school sweetheart. It's crazy that we're still even locked and loaded, but she's on this trip with me. And I looked at her, I said, I'm quitting the job. You know, I'm not in a good place right now financially, but every time I make hella money, I get comfortable. So I felt I'm at rock bottom anyways. I'm quitting. Fuck it. And I thought I was going to run Facebook ads for artists. I don't know why I thought that, but that's why I thought I was called, you know, to do. I quit the job. I start making an intro. I started making theme songs for my clients at that job for them not to cancel though. So like I, I knew people liked what I did for like companies and stuff, but I didn't see it being like, a thing. So when I quit, I made an intro for my boy, Zach Babcock, which uh, he does a lot of podcasts, Underdog Empowerment, which he lives 20 minutes from me. So that's been my boy for a while now. But he actually took me to a, a seminar, Mark Lack seminar, six months before I quit. And like, I looked and I seen Billy Jean and, you know, I was like, man, I'm one of these guys. I just ain't doing it yet. Like I am them. I just don't got their money. I just don't got their experience yet you know, but I know that. So that lit a fire in me and I just needed to fan that flame. And when I quit, man, long story short, I actually made uh, in 2018, I quit the job, did some intros and I made a song for Billie Jean without asking. I'm big on do the damn thing, give it to them. What's up? You know, no, I'm not asking for permission. Cause if I tell you, Hey, I make songs. No, actually I make custom theme songs. Guess what? I did this for you. And you have the product already made specially custom for them. Right? So with that being said, I took his videos off of YouTube. I called my videographer, said, hey, come film this music video for me. I put his B-roll in the video so it felt like he was a part of the video and I just blasted it to his people and he got a hold of it and he, was, he called me. He was like, that shit is fire, dude. I want, you, I want to uh, have you perform at my event and I also you know, want to blast this out to my people. So he posted that and right then, boom, people like, yo, I got 500. I got, you know, and I started just throwing deals like three for a thousand. And like, I'm seeing these people pay me. And I looked at my wife, I said, I'm on to something. I'm Joey Yak, the studio CEO. And like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make bangers, my melody, your message. And then since I seen that formula worked, I did it to Ryan Stuman. I did it to Brad Lee. I did it to Tim Grover. I did it to Cole Hatter. I did it to Garrett J. White. And every single, I built personal relationships with every single one of them. With Brad Lee, dude, I, I made the song and he was like, this shit is fire. And I was like, hey man, you know, actually I'm going to be in Vegas. I lied. I'm going to be in Vegas on Friday. <laughs> Can I come pull up? 
he was like, oh yeah, absolutely. So I fly to Vegas, Thursday night I get there and I rent a car. I don't have money for the hotel. So I drive to LA four hours away, stay on my boy's floor, drive back in the morning and I just wait for him to hit up. And, you know, he, real recognizes real. And he seen me, he's like, where are you staying? I'm like, man, honestly, I'm, I don't even have a place. I'm going to drive back to LA. He's like, no, 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 no. He put me in a hotel room for the next three days and was like, let's kick it. I want to, I want to meet you. I want to learn about you. I want to help you. And that's where we built our relationship. And I left with $3,000 for two songs that I made him right in a personal relationship. And then, I mean, dude, I have so many dope stories like that, but I did that for the entire 2018. But like I said, with Gary J. White, I don't know if you're familiar with him with Wake Up Warrior, but when he heard me and he seen me, he was like, there's something about you. I want to make you an entrepreneur in Wake Up Warrior. So 2019, I spent the whole entire 2019 learning from him personally and just doing content for him. And in 2020, we had a phone call and he was like, you know, you're your own king. It's time for you to spread your wings again. And now here I am, you know, in 2020, making just bangers for people and, you know, engaging content, man. And it's been a long journey. I feel like I've lived like three or four lives. Like I have chapters inside of my life and it's been one hell of a journey as far as like with addiction, with, you know, just Adderall or alcohol and just my pops leaving. And I know that's what you said, you know, it seems like you have a story and you've been through some shit and I truly have, man. And I think that you know, I go through it just to show people and to be the glow. And like, I truly believe every time we're in the middle of pain, it's for us to package it up and present it to our platform. So we're always in the middle of a breakthrough whenever we're going through some, some hard times. Bro, that story, it's, it's fucking fire. I mean, it, you know, there's so many things I can pull out of that. And I hope that people who are listening today just really take a moment to sit back and really digest what you just spoke, because here you are, someone who had what most people would consider a great success, right? What lots of people think that they want. And here's the thing that oftentimes in life, there's things that we think that we want, and then we get the things that we think that we want, and we realize like, oh, shit, this is not what I wanted. But here's the epic thing about that, is that I'm a true believer just like you are, I can tell, is that, like you said, Everything happens so that other things can happen, right? And it's just, you know, a testament to it is that, you would not be where you are right now had you not experienced and done the things that you had to go through. Because I truly believe that our greatest weaknesses yesterday are the greatest strengths that we have tomorrow and today, right? Because when we go through life, there are going to be things that are going to happen. There's going to be things that that we're going to go through. And those are the things that create the type of things that you have going right now. Because you would not be doing what you're doing right now See, people could look at you right now and go, man, this dude has got it all together. He's killing it. He's doing amazing things. But you went through so many phases in your life where you just were at low lows. And those low lows, people would look at those lows and be like, oh, that dude's got it made. And so people need to stop looking at other people and looking at their situations and thinking that they have it made. Because often what's going on is that they're at lows in their lives and they really don't have it made. They're not making money. They're not enjoying what they're doing. And so, you know, in this podcast, that's one of the things I'm trying to explain to people and help them understand is that you may think somebody has it made. You may think somebody's great. You may look at somebody and say, oh, this dude's the, like, this dude's a badass. He's got it all. 
And the reality is, is they might be in the lowest low of their life. And so I want people to know. And I, I got to cut you off right there. It's like you're 100% on, spot on. I tell people there is victory in being vulnerable. And that's why, you know, I, I'm all about relatability, right? Like I am so big on owning where I am now. So when I get to where I want to go, I can enjoy it. So I'm always like, yo, right now, as I'm speaking, I'm in a two bed, one bath with four people and a dog. It's about 850, 900 square foot. Where I usually do my work is in my backyard. I call it the BB. BB stands for backyard business. I bought a 10 by 12 shed, insulated it, put the drywall up. I have no like ceiling. It's just wood and shit up there. The Wi-Fi can't really reach that good for Zoom calls. So I have to take it in my little kitchen that I'm in right now. But I'm owning where I am. Small is sexy, simple is sexy. I'm talking to people like, yo, I make bangers in the BB. And I'm, people like you to be able to say, this is where I'm at. Dude, and I'm making great money, right? I'm make, For me, everybody has their definitions, but what I'm used to, and I've already had over 100,000 in revenue just for me this year, like I'm gonna do great things in this small ass house. But if I can't do it here, if I can't do it in the BB, then I can't do it on three acres with 3,000 square feet, right? So that's what I'm saying is a lot of people don't know that small is sexy. Simple is sexy. And there's victory in being vulnerable. Like there is victory in saying, fuck, I'm hurting. Like I'm very, very personal on my page, man, talking about anxiety and talking about depression. And lately I just got, I had to go to therapy and get on some medication because it was just getting too dark, man. And I'm this creative energy. So it's like, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to own where you are. And I don't give a fuck what people think about me because I know who I am. There's a lot of people out here that want everyone to know who they are, but they don't even know who they are. Damn right, man. That's the truth, man. I mean, I, I would say that a lot of people I run into, that's one of the biggest fucking problems is they don't even know who the hell they are. They want all these things. They want this. They want that. I want this. I want that. Well, define who you are. Define who you are as an individual and start to really see what that looks like. Create some core values. Put some value in yourself. Put value in yourself and look and see at you and see where you are. And people don't do that. People always look outward. They look to other people. They look at what this person's doing or what that person's doing. And then they gauge themselves off from that. Fuck that shit, man. Because we're all in a different place. Where you're at, where I'm at, we're all different, man. And that's okay. We just got to take ownership in, in, in where we are and what we do, you know? Yeah, man. You are where you are because it, it's going to help you get to where you want to go. And when you can choose, and it's a decision to choose to believe stuff, to have faith in stuff. Like, I choose to believe that my dad was a crack addict because he didn't want me to be, God didn't want me to be the type of parent that he was. I choose to believe that uh, God put me in this, you know, touring with Bone and having a record deal and giving me this talent with music, prepping. You know, I've been doing music for 15 years, but I believe that he did all that so I can get my performance ready. I can get my skills ready for these business owners. I believe, I choose to believe that I was in the sales to learn that language. I choose to believe that I, I had to get real bad with alcohol so I can help others get out of the trenches. Like, it's a decision. Everything is a decision. And when you can choose to believe, you have to first start trusting yourself though. So you'll see like little small things that you accomplish that you'll start believing in yourself and trusting yourself. And 
you know, now it's got to the point where I don't even have to trust my instincts because my instincts trust me. I get that feeling now. I'm like, I don't even have to think twice about this because I already know when I get this feeling, it's on. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, one of the things that with the believing that I have found in my life is fucking a game changer is the whole visualization and manifesting stuff, man. I started visualizing what I wanted and manifesting the things that I wanted. And I had no clue how powerful that shit was until I started doing it. I started started doing it about a year ago. And when I started doing that, my mind has been blown by the things that you, when you start to manifest things and when you start to visualize things and believe in things, the, the attraction, it just, it just comes to you. You don't even have to work for some stuff because if you simply just put out the energy of what you're after and what you want in life, it's just, it comes to you. It's crazy to me how it works like that. Yeah, everything I do is organic, man. And I truly, that's why I put out, you know, the backyard business episodes that I do sometimes. And, and I put out, you know, uh, just me doing what I do and just owning who I am. Because I'm telling you, man, there's, like you said, like people think that they're alone and they're not. Like I'm telling you, you are not alone. What? So I don't care what you're going through. And when you put it out there in the good or bad, you know, it will come back. The law of attraction is real. That manifestation, everything that I have, you know, especially with where in business is I literally, I'm already there. I'm already, it's already happened. I just got to take the actions, the little small things and adjust and adapt when I have to, to get there. But when I, like I said, like how I manifested with Billy and Brad and Garrett and Ryan Stuman and everyone, like, like I did that before they asked or before they even know who Joey Yak was because in my mind it's already done I just got to get it to him now right and I know I'm I'm creating an entertaining product so it's like easier for me rather than somebody else that sells cars or you know you got to just find a way to get attention because you know as far as business goes you know you don't have to be the best at what you do you just have to get more attention than the other person that's what it is man like and obviously you got to be good at it but you know, there's a lot of people out here that probably are smashing Grant Cardone in sales, but the dude knows how to get attention, right? And that's what it is. Attention, you got to get that attention. And that's why with what I do, I'm like, man, I'm just going to help people get attention and create attention with engaging content so they can, you know, spread their message even further. So, you know, yeah, in, man. in my opinion, the best way to get attention is just to be yourself and be yeah, the best yeah. version of you. Because I found that like, even with my stuff, as I start to just be myself and just show who I am as an individual, more people reach out to me. More people want to know more. More people want to know like, dude, what do you got going on? It's like, yeah. I'm just being me. I'm just being the best version of myself every fucking day when I get up. I'm going to be the best version of myself. I choose not to roll over and hit the snooze button. I choose to get my ass out of bed and start getting after life because that's where it happens right from the morning, right? Right how you start your day, how the foot that you take out of bed and the decision you make in that, in that moment but who you're going to be in that day is who you will be for the whole day. And it is up to you and how you choose to roll out of that bet. Yeah, man. Just so people know, like when you reached out to me asking me to do this and you were, I was like, uh, you were like, how does your morning start or something like that? And you were like, I was like, well, what's early to you? You know, you're like, let's do it early. And you told me you get up, you know, four-ish or whatever you said. And I was like, damn, that's what's up. Because me, I'm usually getting up at about 536 Today, I made sure I got up at 5.30, got my 45-minute walk-in that you know, I'm doing 75 hard, and I was like, fuck, I have to, you know, get, so for an example, yesterday, 
I know when my day is going to go good when I execute in the morning. So yesterday, you know, my wife's getting up and get my daughter ready for school, but we have a two year or a one year old as well. And she was on the bed and I didn't want to wake her and move her. So like I let myself have an excuse of, well, I got to stay in the bed because what if she rolls off? And like, I stayed there until about eight 30, like with her and like just bullshitting, you know, also another thing is I don't get on my phone unless I'm putting a podcast on when I'm walking or something, you know, I'm not on social media. I don't give anybody my time until I have my time. Yesterday, I didn't do that. Today, I did that. And I'm on full execution mode already today. And I know that. So yeah, your morning routine, man, how you wake up and how you execute in those first, for me, first hour, it's huge. huge. It's huge. And it's proven so for me. And my it's, wife I, even knows it. She's like, get that oh, yeah. ass up and go do you because I ain't trying to, I ain't trying to deal with the, the other you, right? And one thing that's coming to me, man, that I really since like, you know, people that are struggling like with addiction or anything like that, and they might've heard this before, but maybe they just need to hear it from me as well, is when you're an addict, you know, like you're always going to be an addict. So like when I stopped drinking and like I became an addict to spirituality and I became an addict to self-help and self-development and reading books and like I literally started flooding. I went from flooding myself in liquor to flooding myself in scriptures and I literally just dove all the way in. So you know, people, I think I seen somebody actually in the RTA group was like, hey, how do you overcome addiction? And it's like that burning desire to change. Like if you literally just go all in on, I just want to change and you just start going and taking action because, you know, action plus intention equals desired results. And I just thought somebody needed to hear that, man, where if you're struggling with that, there's other, if you're like, fuck, I'm an addict. Well, you're always going to be an addict, but you can find other things to become an addict too. And that's what's going to take you from the negative addict then to the positive addicts. Absolutely. You just got to learn how to pivot. You yeah. have to learn how to pivot. You know, another thing I want to point out is that like you said yesterday, you, you didn't get up. Like I have days too, man, where I don't get up. And so we all have those moments where we, we don't, we aren't the best versions of ourselves. We all have the days where we miss the boat. And if you think, if you're listening, you think that everybody just has it every fucking day. That's a lie. Because every single one of us has a day where we just suck. We just do shit that's just not the shit that we would normally do. All high-level performers have days where they suck. That's just the reality. I think that often I used to think that some of these people like the Ed Milets and you know Andy Frazella and some of these dudes are super high-level performers. I'm like, oh, these dudes are like next level. Those dudes, I guarantee you, now that I'm like starting to really evaluate myself and think about shit, I'm like, those guys have bad days too. Those guys have, have days where they just don't want to do shit. Those guys have days where it's like, fuck, this sucks or that sucks. You know, we, you're not alone in feeling that way. And, you know, it, this time, this, this digital age that we're in, it's so easy for people to hide behind their social media or hide behind who they are because they don't have to physically interact with people. And when you physically interact with somebody and you're there with them, it's just different, right? You can't really put that facade on. And you can do that pretty easily with social media. You can make things appear to be much better than they are. And so just know that a lot of the people out there in social media and these platforms, they're making themselves appear like their lives are put together, appear like shit's good. But I guarantee you, they got bad days. 
they got bad shit going on, just like the rest of us. Yeah, everybody likes to show off their highlight reels, and that's why me, I'm real big on showing my dark days and my bright days, right? If I, you know, do something really dope for somebody, I'm going to show them. If I, like, I, I posted a video, a picture of me, like, napping. My wife took it and sent it to me. She was like, I'm glad you got your rest that day or something. I was like, I'm about to make a really vulnerable post talking about, yo, today just wasn't my day. And like, I, I, I turned it off at one o'clock. A client really fucking pissed me off. And like, usually they don't. And like, usually I'm like, you know, I keep it very professional, but like I let his ass have it that day and like talked crazy and got kind of ghetto and real urban. And I was like, fuck, you know, I'm just going to go take a power nap. And, you know, I just let people know. And, you know, the engagement on it was real. They're like, yo, I had that day too. I had that day too. I had that day too. People, relatability, man, it sells. People buy from people. And, you know, a lot of people do business with me because, yes, I'm talented and I create edutaining content. But at the end of the day, people buy from me because I'm me. And I know that. I tell people in one of my songs, I was like, I don't pitch my product. I sell them me because they can open up, they can be real, they can reach out just not as clients, but as real individuals, man. And, you know, after this conversation, we've been on, you know, a little longer than 30 minutes right now, you and I will have that relationship now. And you and I will build this trust because you can feel energies, you can feel people's soul, you don't have to know them in person. And that's another thing I think people really need to take advantage of is, you know, you can be a consumer or you can be a producer on social media, you know, even if you're not selling products, or you work for a job, like if you're just producing quality content, and like positive perspective, you know, in the world, you're going to build these relationships. Some of the best relationships I've built were through social media, man. I've never even met some of the people online, but we do business, we make money together, you know, we grow spiritually together and we're holding each other accountable. So I really want people in here to know that you're not alone and with, you know, take advantage of what we have. You know, I always tell people something so fantastic soon becomes familiar. What I was doing in music, you know, when I walk inside from the BB and I told my wife, yo, I just made this banger for someone and show it to them. They're like, that's what's up. But if I show the client, they're like, oh my God, that's fantastic. Cause like I said, some fantastic fantastic becomes familiar. It's very familiar to what I do. They said Jesus, you know, in his hometown, you know, they didn't see him as a prophet. They saw him as just, you know, Jesus, you know, no one like in his, his family or hometown, no one saw that. But when he left out, you know, what fantastic became familiar. So I think also with social media is it's fantastic, man. Take advantage of it. And it's a perspective. Your perspective is everything. So if you look at it as just like, uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. I look at it as like, wow, I'm about to build these relationships and I'm about to literally grow my business from this technology. It's fantastic. Don't let it come, become familiar. And that's also with your passion and your purpose and just life in general. The fact that you and I are even talking right now is fantastic and that you can hear me and understand me and you're shaking your head and I'm still sitting here talking like I'm moving my mouth right now and, and, and the sound's coming out and you understand me like, that's fantastic. But everyday living has become familiar. So even when I get caught up in like, you know, money or, or life or frustration or depression, anxiety, I really try to go back to, but I'm living and that's fucking fantastic. Oh, Don't let that. it become familiar. Love that so much, man. One of my biggest things is because my job is a firefighter paramedic. One of my biggest things about this whole thing is to live in your moment. And I got caught up because of work, all the death, the dead kids, the severed limbs, just all the shit that I deal with and I see, I got caught up in not living in my moment. I let those things identify me, those, those things I would have nightmares about these dead people and about these, these suicides that I had seen and all these things and it would control me and I would get caught up in drinking to try to mask that. 
uh, and I was either I was either living in this constant state of living in my past or I was in this constant state of living in the future and hoping that it'll be better and hoping that this will come and hoping that that will come. And if I only go on this vacation, if I only get to this thing, life is going to be better. And then I realized the best part of life is this fucking moment right here, right now. Like this is what life is about. This right here, sitting here talking to you, having this conversation, being present in your current moment. This is what life is about. This is where the joy comes. This is where it happens. Like this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be enjoying life. We're not supposed to be so caught up in the past or so caught up in what's going to happen because then we miss out on what we got going right now, you know? And it's just unfortunate that people get so caught up in that. Yeah, man. And it's, um, I think some people get it. Some people never do. I'm, I'm 28 years old and I'm glad that I got it now. I have an eight year old. I have a one year old. I'm married. I'm just, I'm, I'm just excited for the future of where I'll be as far as perspective wise and business wise and spirituality. Like there's just so much that I feel like I've lived and I've done, but I still feel like I'm truly in my prime, man, of just getting to the best version of me because I'm, I'm far from the potential that I have. I know that, and that's a lot of people listening. I know they're, they're not where they want to be. And I think life's purpose is all about expansion. You know, people always say, be better than yesterday, but that's real. Like if I can be better than, you know, Joey yesterday, then, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm pretty damn blessed. And, you know, I'm seeing people die left and right lately from COVID or, just overdosing. And I told myself, I, I either need, um, like when I was drinking, I, uh, I have a song that I just actually released on the four year anniversary called, um, for me to live, you had to die. It was either homicide or suicide. And I chose homicide, which was killing that version of me or suicide was keep living the way you are and you're going to kill yourself. You're either going to crash in a car accident or you're going to overdose on like taking some pills that you don't know what it really is. Or so me, I said, all right, I'm going to commit homicide and kill that Joey. Because like, I'm telling you, if, if you knew me back then, you wouldn't know me now. Like people look at me and they, they know Joey, they know Yak Boy Fresh. They, but, but those who aren't growing with me, like I'm just night and day. So there is a, there is a possible way for you to kill yourself, quote unquote, like homicide, suicide. If you keep living the way you're living, you might commit suicide because you're going to kill yourself doing what you're doing, or you can commit homicide and kill that version of you. And that's what I chose. And I think a lot of people in order to live, that person of them needs to die. I love that, bro. I love that so much. I think that's a really good note to kind of wrap this up. So the last thing that I always do is my core values are building grit through gratitude, resilience, intuition, and tenacity. So I want to ask you, what are you doing on a daily basis to show gratitude? Man, probably something that I need to do more of, you know, like, and just being, it's funny you said that because today I did wake up and I thank God I was, I don't do that every day, but I, I literally kind of, like I said, the fantastic, the being familiar, I woke up, And I said, I'm alive. I'm not depressed right now. This medicine is working to me. It's working for me. I'm about to own this day, thank God. And I got up and I did my thing and always try to do like one little good deed, right? Like today, my wife went back to work. She's a preschool teacher. She loves doing what she does. Don't care about the money, nothing. She just loves these kids. I went to Dunkin' Donuts. She loves Dunkin' Donuts. Went to Dunkin' Donuts, wrote her a little note like, hey, Miss Courtney, it's your first day back. I know you love these kids, which, uh, that make you smile, which makes me smile. Here's your crack for the day. Just cause she, she loves that damn coffee. I love you. Right. So like doing little stuff like that, showing like I'm thankful, 
doing little things. Like there's been times where I'll pay for somebody behind me or I'll go um, to quick trip our gas station and just, you know, there was a dude that, that had a piece of pizza and his car didn't run. So I grabbed the pizza, ran it out to him like, yo bro, I bought that for you. Like just doing shit for others and not expecting a return is a great way to show gratitude. Like it helps my heart. It really does. And doing what we're doing right now. I think I need to book more podcasts and just, cause you could feel that energy. You could feel that soul and I'm fueled for the day. So um, just giving back to people, man. Love that, bro. So how are you resilient? I can guess just by talking to you, but uh, what, what are you doing to be resilient? I don't know. Tell me what you're doing, man. People ask me that question a lot. And like the, the answer to it is I would love to hear yours. Yeah, for sure. So for me, I don't let anybody else bring me down. So there is so much negativity around right now because of COVID and, you know, all the shit that's going on with that, you know, all the businesses have been closed down and all the shit. And so I don't, I don't allow myself to get caught up in the media or caught up in the what's going on right now or caught up in that. I stay informed, but I don't get caught up in it. So I'm keeping myself true to myself. I'm resilient to that stuff because I'm not going to get caught up in negativity, right? Because when we get caught up in negativity, then we're dragged down and we can't provide to other people. We can't be there for other people. We can't be the best versions of ourselves. So for me, I stay away from the negativity. That's why so I'm, I'm big on, I I'm big on COVID conversations. That's why I oh, me too. I don't, I don't talk to him. I don't watch the media, nothing like that. And I'm, um, I, uh, one Corinthians 1533, when I read it, it's so simple, bad company corrupts, good character. So me personally, I, that's music, that's TV, that's people big for me is like, I won't let myself go down a hole of, of just sitting there listening to like super, like old music that I used to listen to because music influences you, right? So what keeps me resilient though is like knowing, being alert that like what triggers me to do other type of things. So like I said, bad company corrupts good character. So I make sure, you know, when I'm running, I'll listen to a certain type of music rather than that type of music or I'm not just going to let the the TV sit there and play. I'm going to put a podcast on or something motivational, inspirational. So my subconscious mind, you know, takes that in. So that's what I think really does keep me resilient is is just keeping the the bullshit away, even when you're not intentionally listening to it. But I'm alert and I'm aware enough to know that that shit will. Well, subconsciously, it's still going to yeah. hit you. It's just yeah. it's going to. It's going to for sure. What about intuition? Dude, I trust me. I trust my gut. Like I said, my uh, inst- I don't trust my instincts. My instincts trust me. Like, And that's deeper than, well, someone was like, well, you need to trust your instincts. I'm like, no, no, no. It's a whole nother level when your instincts trust you. Like, I. I have done, when you can measure the results of trusting, you know, that intuition of, I get this feeling like alcohol, like, yo, you're done. I was sitting there listening to Breaking Bad Habits uh, by Dr. Joe Dispenza, I think his name is. And I'm sitting there in my hot tub last April and he was like, you're done with Adderall. Like these intuitions inside of me, quit that job. Like I've seen results and I've taken action So anybody that's out there that doesn't trust their intuition yet, like listen to it, take action and make sure you note that it worked. That's how you start trusting it more. You know, like that's, I just trust it now. I just know like when I get that, even when I don't want to, like there's been a client 
like, and it actually led me to uh, like a full three week depression, man, of not listening to my instinct, like to my intuition of like not taking on certain clients and just because they had all this money to throw at me. And like, I, I wanted that money, right? I wanted that money. And my wife's like, all right, you know, you know, you, you know, you though. So when I get that feeling, you know, even sometimes you're going to have to walk away from a nice little payday. It's, it's just not worth it, right? Like you get that intuition, that instincts, you know, I'm going through it right now with the client and uh, it's hard to walk away, but it's something you have to do. Yeah, man. I've learned at least for me in my life that the, when the moment I start to really trust my t- intuition with shit is where I level up and I move over to greater and better things. You know, when I don't trust my intuition, I feel like I I step back, like I pull myself back a little bit because I, I chose not to trust my intuition. And here's yeah. the thing is, you know, every once in a while, your intuition is going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I've had I've had those moments that my intuition is wrong. But guess what? That makes your intuition even stronger because then you go, oh shit, like I was wrong, but oh, I, like looking back, I can see this thing and this is why I was wrong in my intuition. And so any way that you use your intuition is a win. You're going to win no matter what if you trust yourself. So Yeah, for sure. All right. How about uh, tenacity? The last one, you know, I have a firm grip on something. What is it that you're gripping onto firmly right now? Mental health, man. My firm. So like August was my worst month this year, revenue wise, money wise, but it was... I said, you know, in order for me to continue to grow the way I'm growing, you know, I'm in this state right now that I'm not going to be able to sustain it if I don't take care of my mental health, right? So my just, I let a lot of that darkness creep in and it got to the point where, I mean, dude, I I stopped, I didn't even work for two and a half weeks because it was that dark. I could not see the light and like, it was beyond me. And I looked at my wife, I was like, I don't even want to do what I do. Like I, I make profit from my passion. What do you mean I don't want to get up and do what I do? Something was really wrong. So I really looked at clients and I said, yo, like, don't pay me this month. I need to do what I need to do for my mental health. So that's what my firm's grip on is like, Joey, when your foundation isn't strong, when you're not happy, it results in business. It results at home. I am the glow of our house. So when I'm in a down mood, the whole mood's off. So right now my firm grip is on making sure that Joey's mind is right. Cause when Joey's mind's right, everything else is right. Bro. I love that. That's why I'm doing 75 hard again right now. Me I too. I failed three times before, man. One time I failed with, um, not taking a picture. The other time I failed with, uh, I didn't bring my book on a vacation. And instead of going like to the dower store, trying to find a book, I mean, I was at the Lake of the Ozark, so it was hard to find a book. I messed up. And then since I messed up, I was like, fuck it. Let me eat some pizza. Like I'm dude, I'm a binge eater. Like I'm, I binge. So I was like, fuck it. And then I just never started over. And it created this binge of just with the client, like I was saying, you know, 75 hearts really helped me, man. It really has helped me so far. Yeah, man, it's changed me. I, I complete, I've completed it once. Um, and then my wife jumped on. And so I'm doing it to support her. Okay. However, I had told her like, she was actually, she started to push me to do it again, because she said, you're the best version of yourself when you're on 75 hard. So mm. she saw it. Right. And so this time I'm doing 75 hard. I'm going right into phase one. So I'm going to do 105 days straight. So yeah, my, um, my wife was like, at first, when I first started it, she was like annoyed because you know, two workouts, blah, blah, blah. But 
when I'm not doing it, she's like, she's like, Ugh, this dude, I don't even like this dude when he's not on his shit or on his game. So now it's like, hey, I got to go do my second workout. She's like, it's all good because she knows who I am when I'm not, you know, I have that goal. Like I have something, I always have to have something I'm striving for and hustling for and working towards. It just helps me and, you know, being goal oriented like that. Yeah, for sure. My, my wife was at the, at the first, she had, was the same way, like annoyed as fuck with it. And then she just, yeah. And like me, you know, eating, like I'm eating rice and chicken and just like turkey burger. And, you know, they're over here eating spaghetti. And like, she's like, I'm making two dinners. And I'm like, hey, I'm on my shit, man. So that that kind of annoyed her and that still does. But it is what it is. It is what it is, brother. Well, you know, Joey, man, this has been a killer conversation. I've enjoyed your energy. I, you know, I just enjoy who you are as an individual. I'm super grateful that I have had the uh, the chance to have this conversation. So number one, thanks for jumping on this podcast with me. Lastly, I just want you to throw out there how the listeners can find you, where your major platforms are, what are the some of the things that you're doing right now that they can get with you if they decide like, oh, this is a guy I want to use or, uh, you know, yeah. whatever. Dude, so it's uh, on Facebook, my personal page, just like you reached out. That's where I'm most active at is Joey Yak Peeper, P-I-E-P-E-R. Instagram is joey.yak. I mean, I'm active on it, but not like Facebook. And then joeyyak.com if you want to check out some examples of like custom theme songs, podcast intros, YouTube intros with the videos. You know, when it comes to creating engaging content, I'm your dude. It, when it comes to storytelling, like we all have a story, I'm able like, I'm able to listen to your story and not just put a melody behind it, but I see it inside of my head and I have the ability and the resources to make sure we put that thing on video. So I truly believe everyone needs like that one minute to three minute video of who they are, where, like what they stand for. And like, um, it's a video that when you come into my world, like I have one that's a minute and 13 seconds that usually I show every single person as soon as I meet them so they come into my perspective, right? And I think everybody needs that so they can go into their perspective as well. So if you're looking for any of that, joey.yak, Instagram, joeyyakpeeper on Facebook and joeyyak.com for, you know, checking out some of the work. Right on. Thanks, bro. And I'll make sure to when I uh, post it so people can see that as well. So damn right. I appreciate it, brother. Kill your day. You too. You already know. You've been listening to Building Grit, one call at a time. Everyone faces challenges, and we talk to people who use grit to be triumphant. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show, and we hope you had some fun along the way. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with Nick on Facebook at Nick Wingo and on Instagram at building underscore grit. And remember, victory is always possible for the person who refuses to stop fighting. This is Building Grit One Call at a Time, signing off.